From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry, and it's my great privilege to be talking today to Vice Admiral P. Stephen Stanley, U.S. Navy retired. Uh, Admiral Stanley was recently appointed board chairman of the Father Vincent Capadano Guild. Admiral Stanley, thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, Taylor, it's good to be with you, too. You have been a member of the governing board of the uh, Father Vincent Capadano Guild since its inception back in 2013. Uh, first of all, I have to ask you, or say at least anyway, congratulations on your uh, being named uh, the uh, uh, chairman of the governing board. Uh, where do things stand right now? We know that um, for the listener who's not so familiar with uh, Father Capadano, Father Capadano was killed in action in Vietnam in 1967 while coming to the aid of U.S. Marines under ambush. Uh, he uh, was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor, and the Catholic Church is now considering Father Capadano's cause for canonization. Admiral Stanley, where do things stand right now with the cause? So if you're not familiar, there are s several different steps that a cause goes through before canonization. And it, the basis of those steps is that the church is trying to rigorously prove that a soul that has departed this world is actually in communion with God in heaven. And that's hard to prove. I mean, how do you prove that? Well, the church goes through all these steps in order to have some assurance that uh, you know, the soul is actually with God. The, the first step is what's called the, the uh, information uh, phase. And this is where the diocese that is supporting the cause conducts a detailed study of the works that the soul completed while on earth. That's collected, uh, sealed, and shipped off, shipped off to the Congregation for the Causes of Saints in Rome. We've completed that phase. Archbishop Brolio sent forward our acta uh, to Rome uh, just over two years ago now, I believe. And uh, it's going through the investigation phase that, uh, there that uh, the congregation puts it through. And uh, we're hopeful to hear uh, the results of that soon. Um, the, the results are promulgated by our Holy Father uh, with a a uh, decree of heroic virtue and at that point the soul would be considered venerable and um, obviously that's an important stage for us to complete that but we've already taken one step into the second phase which is when you start to look at miracles that the soul might have interceded for us uh, you know with God and again what we're looking for here is that this soul his, he is close enough to God to actually intercede for our needs on earth. And the first miracle has actually already been reviewed by the Diocese of Palm Beach down in Florida, uh, where a woman uh, who had multiple cirrhosis was miraculously cured as she requested uh, for Fa Father Capadano for his intercession. So that, that uh, miracle has been reviewed it's been sealed by that, the Diocese of Palm Beach and submitted to the Congregation for the Causes of Saints in Rome. It'll have to go through the same process of rigorous review in Rome, 
but again, we believe that that's our first miracle. And uh, that would take us to the next phase, which is the determination that the soul is blessed in the beatification. But the final stage is the actual canonization, and that would require a second miracle. So that's where we are right now. And so you said that uh, you, there, there was the, an exhaustive investigation. What sorts of um, what sorts of information was gathered in the compilation of uh, details about Father Capadano's life that would be significant? Well, I mean, it's a, it was a long investigation. It took uh, over over two years to conduct the actual investigation. All of his writings, interviews with people that knew him. Uh, this was all collected, and, and what you know, the church is doing is looking for any indication that this, this person uh, might not be in heaven, uh, that all the indications were very positive that he, he uh, uh, was, you know, a good and, and forthright priest and uh, served, uh, you know, heroically in Vietnam. In fact, Archbishop Brolio actually determined that uh, he had heroic virtue when he closed the uh, review and submitted these acts. So uh, there's been one uh, miracle verified. Uh, are there other cases where folks uh, received favors as a result of, uh, of uh, intercessory prayer, prayer to Father Capitano, or is it too early to say at this point? You know, I am aware that there are several um, I don't know a lot of details about uh, any of them. Uh, recently, there was a woman uh, who, res- who responded to the guild um, and by email to say, uh, hey, uh, um, you know, for the second time, Father Vincent has interceded for my family. Uh, the second time was a brother uh, who had you know, gone away from the faith, and uh, this this woman had uh, prayed for him, encouraged him to come back to the church, and uh, just to no avail. Finally gave him the book, The Grunt Padre, by Father Daniel Mode, which is a biography of uh, Father Vincent. And uh, this, this man, this brother, read it and uh, came back to his faith. He uh, went to confession, came back to the church. He's back sacramentally in the church. Uh, so that in itself is a strong story. But she said, this is the second time Father Vincent has interceded for us. So, you know, that asks you, we asked the question, well, what was the first time? <laughs> and and she, uh, she gave us a link to uh, um, a, uh, uh, a, uh, a uh, document that documents the first uh, intercession. And uh, I mean, it's a, it's a good story. It, it's, her brother uh, was going to Vietnam, and uh, very, very holy family. They did the, they practiced the, uh, the First Friday's devotion, um, and um, the brother went to Vietnam and uh, was in a, a very uh, uh, hard um, firefight and was was uh, injured significantly um, during this firefight. His sister, this woman that has contacted us recently, um, was uh, had a, had a, a dream. The dream was her brother had been shot. He's actually uh, very seriously wounded, and a priest was uh, with him uh, to render the last rites. And uh, uh, she wakes up from this horrible nightmare, 
calls her father. It turns out her father has had the exact same dream. And uh, um, father, uh, it, and it turns out that the, the brother dies. Um, uh, the Marines came, knocked on the door like a week after this dream. And uh, that was the night that, you know, he had died. And a week later, the Marines notified the family that he had, in fact, been killed. Um, but before he died, he requested on the battlefield that the, uh, the Marines that were there with him rendering first aid thank the priest who came and rendered him last rites on the battlefield. And uh, these Marines didn't know what he's talking about. Who's this priest that came and rendered last rites? There's no priest here. And uh, here it turns out that um, this, the, uh, the death on the battlefield was two weeks father, following Father Capadano's death on the battlefield. Two weeks following. following. So no, nobody can tie this together. This story is just, you know, somebody's there, he's not, you know, there's no logic to it. Turns out when Father Vincent was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor, this woman sees that so that she, she recognizes that image of Father in her dream. And uh, um, uh, so now, now the story is complete, right? Father Vincent interceded for this family who was doing, uh, a very religious family, doing the First Friday de uh, devotion. And he died, you know, in accordance, accordance with that devotion. He, de he died after receiving last rites. Wow. So what a story. Yeah. Jeez. It's one of those miracles we'll never be able to prove. <laughs> but it's amazing. How can we help the Guild go about its work in promulgating, promoting the cause of Father Capitano? You know, there, there's, there's really two things. Uh, we were assigned by, well, there's three things. The, the first thing we need from all of our listeners is your prayers. Prayers that the cause will move forward quickly. Prayers that, that uh, the taskings that Archbishop Brolio has given the Guild will be completed successfully. And Archbishop Brolio gave us two taskings. The first one is to spread the word about this servant of God, Father Vincent Capadano. This podcast does that. Uh, but there's other ways, you know, we're, we're, we're out there, we've got the newsletter. If you've donated, you're a member of the Guild, so you get our newsletter. You can help us spread the word. And, you know, as you think about the Christmas season coming up and you're thinking, what am I going to get, whoever, you know, think about one of these good Catholic gifts that we have available on our website. There's three. The first is the uh, DVD, which is called Called and Chosen. It's a great depiction of Father's uh, life and, uh, you know, his death in, in Vietnam. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's award-winning. It's a good Catholic product. The others are, are two different uh, portraits, a very large one and a smaller 9 by 12 uh, lithographs, you know, uh, art quality type uh, uh, portraits, which you can frame and put up in your home. Or you could give it to that local Knights of Columbus chapter so they could, uh, you know, help, you know, understand who Father Capadonna was and protect, help us with their prayers and contributions. But the last thing we really need is money. It's, it's expensive to conduct the research that we have to do to continue the cause moving forward. 
You know, I talked about the uh, one miracle down in uh, uh, Palm Beach, uh, Florida, where the woman had multiple cirrhosis. Well, that, that has to be reviewed scientifically. You know, uh, that has to be paid for. It has to be reviewed theologically. That has to be paid for. That has to come together and be submitted, you know, to Rome. All of that requires, you know, um, labor, which we have to uh, help with. And then we have to pay for the work that's done in Rome, where it's, again, reviewed and, and uh, confirmed. So uh, tell us, where can you go to uh, either order the book, the DVD, or uh, donate? Yeah, so the, our website is www.capodanoguild, C-A-P-O-D-A-N-N-O, guild.org, O-R-G. And when you get there, you're going to see a couple of uh, different, um, you know, buttons you can push to actually make a donation or, or make a donation and request uh, the free gift of the DVD or the uh, uh, lithograph. Um, the uh, DVD requires a minimum donation of $20. The lithograph, the large one, requires a minimum donation of $150. The smaller lithograph requires a minimum donation of uh, $40. So they're all good products and, you know, help you complete your uh, Christmas wish list. And you mentioned uh, the Grunt Padre by Father Daniel Mode. That is the, um, I suppose, official uh, or at least the the widely recognized, uh, credible biography of uh, Father Cappadano by uh, Father Daniel Mode, who uh, remains one of uh, the uh, Navy chaplains endorsed by the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Why was uh, Father Cappadano called the Grunt Padre? Yes, yeah, a really good question, Taylor. I mean, it, it, it's a term of endearment from the Marines that he served with. And, you know, um, for the people that have been in, you know, the Army or the Marine Corps especially, we, we normally call the, the, the foot soldiers or the foot Marines grunts because they're grunting as they carry those backpacks. They do you the know? heavy lifting. That's right. That's right. they got to get it there and get it done. Um, because he was with them, and uh, this is something that was unusual in the field. This, uh, this priest, this chaplain priest, Father Capadano, sought out where, what units were going to be in the most uh, heavily uh, attacked areas. And that's where he positioned himself. So he could provide the uh, services that the, uh, the wounded and dying would need. So uh, they recognized that in him. And they called him the Grump Padre because they loved him. Was he supposed to be where he was when he was killed? No, not as far as Marine leadership would say, but as far as maybe God or Christ would say, yes. And how did that happen? So he, um, what happened on the 4th of September 1967 was uh, one of the, uh, uh, the companies uh, that was uh, with father, uh, it was the one, uh, one five, uh, was attacked. Um, they were isolated. Three five was sent in to be relief. They were heloed in. Uh, father was told not to go. Um, he waited for the last helo and nobody else was around to tell him not to go. And he jumped on and went into, into the battle with this group that was going into this firefight. And they knew, well, they well knew they were going into a combat. 
yeah, they knew that they were they were going into a really hot zone. Let's talk a little bit about your personal background. Uh, you being in the Navy, uh, a vice admiral, uh, uh, you were a sub submariner, correct? Right, right. I, uh, <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about that. You, you have to overcome claustrophobia to, to ride around in a submarine for six months at a time? You know, it's something that never bothered me. There, you know, we go through a fairly rigorous selection process that includes some psychological training, uh, examination and such, uh, to, to make sure that the individual that's coming in is probably going to be okay. Every once in a while we'll have a problem. Uh, the biggest issue is actually normally medical problems, you know, where, you, where you're out away from medical services and such. Some of the folks in the Navy uh, sailors have told me that the uh, the food on the submarines is better than what you find on other ships. Is that true? We get more money to spend on food, okay? <laughs> because it's recognized the importance of a good meal for morale and your, the isolation and such. So it is. It is, we actually get more money. So if you've got a good uh, uh, um, mess management specialist uh, on board, a good cook, you know, they're, they're, uh, they can really do some good stuff. Now, is that a chef or not quite? Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not uh, you know, certified by the, uh, in France or whatever, <laughs> but I mean, they're, 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 they're good cooks. And, uh, uh, you know, they've, they've, uh, you, you see them, they, they like to do things that come from their heritage. You know, we used to have a guy that was a, you know, a baker and just loved to bake. You know, his dad had been a baker and he just uh, did breads for us and stuff. It was just wonderful. Now, do you, uh, are chaplains uh, on submarines typically? No, no. So you have experience of going months at a time without being able to you know, receive the sacraments and practice yes. your faith in that way. How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's changed since I was in. Quite honestly, at the time I was in, we, we could have a Eucharistic minister that would uh, would bring uh, this the Eucharist with us. So we'd take a, a large pyx filled with hosts and uh, bring that to sea. And we'd, we'd, we'd celebrate uh, a... Uh, um, a service, no, obviously not a mass, but uh, where we came and did a reading, did the readings and shared the Eucharist. So you know, you ask about the submarine force, and and you know, I I could look back and tell you a lot of stories about what I was able to do there, but the thing that really struck me was that the men that I served with in the submarine force were some of the best that our nation had, and I see in the Marines that served with Father. In, in Vietnam, that same professionalism, that same um, extraordinary ability to go forward and execute our nation's missions. I can't tell you how proud I am to have served. Um, I actually joke about it. I say, you know, submariner, right? There's a little Marine in every submariner <laughs> because it's the professionalism. Um, and Taylor, you ask a little bit about, you know, what what who am I and you know I'm I, I try to th think of myself as a as a worker a husband a father now a grandfather I was blessed with a beautiful wife Jean she's been with me for 50 we started dating 50 years ago and uh, we got we have four daughters uh, each one of them are married and uh, have stayed true to our Catholic faith um, 
12 grandchildren so far. The 12th one will be commissioned here on the uh, on Thanksgiving Day if the due date holds. Uh-huh. Um, so we've been really blessed. Um, I've worked in the Navy for 37 years. Retired from the Navy, went and started working for Northrop Grumman for another five years. Tripped their 65 year and out policy and had to retire, which was the greatest thing in the world. I, uh, now we get to spend so much more time with our grandchildren and and uh, my two real passions at home, which are uh, brewing beer and uh, taking care of honeybees. So uh, we're beekeepers and, and beer brewers, and uh, uh, when we're not at home, we're RV camping. So we're having a great time. Well, I'd love to sample some of that that beer. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so given your experience in the Navy, you know uh, the role of chaplains and how important they are. What about the story of Father Cappadano, uh, the, the folks in the Navy who know his story? Uh, what, kind of, what kind of impact does that have? Yeah, so let me, let me say, start with understanding the chaplain corps inside the Navy. And, it's, you know, the, the Navy is 290 ships, about, about 330,000 men and women in active duty. Marine Corps is about 180,000 men and women active duty, roughly 500,000 active duty personnel between the two services. Uh, we've got about 800 chaplains in the uh, Navy. Uh, they're all uh, Navy officers supporting both the Navy and the Marine Corps. Um, about, a, about 100 faith groups, last time I checked. You know, one of those is Catholic, obviously. Um, so they these 800 chaplains are out there for not only their, their individual faith group, but to support in general the free practice of faith, faith among the men and women in the Navy. For our Catholic chaplains, that means providing the sacraments to, to uh, our, our men and women in the Navy, the dependents, the, uh, um, the uh, civil servants that are forward in these areas. And that's what the Archdiocese of military, for the military services is all about. It's providing that kind of care for men and women, no matter where they are in the world. We always say that, you know, the sun never sets on the archdiocese. Well, that's because it's wherever our men and women in the services or our civil servants are forward. And these these chaplains um, are uh, great um, role models, and um, they 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 are they are people that can be. I'm going to use the saintly word, venerated, right? I mean, you can see in so many of them that that the power of their faith, the power of Christ's love that they give to the men and women that they're serving. You know, um, Father was a Medal of Honor winner, not just a chaplain. He died on this field of battle and was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. What does that mean, right? Our nation has only given 3,500 about uh, Medal of Honors over the the uh, period of that uh, that uh, that uh, award. Nine of those have been given to to chaplains. Only nine, thirty five hundred. Only nine to chaplains. Four during the Civil War were all Protestant chaplains. Five in the twentieth century were all Catholic chaplains. Two of those Catholic chaplains, Father Vincent Capadano and Father Emil Capone, have ongoing causes for canonization. That tells you the level of people 
that are here that we're trying to support in this cause. And Father Emil Capon from the uh, Diocese of Wichita, Kansas, uh, died in a POW camp in Korea. Uh, and uh, so two causes now, uh, right. two U.S. military chaplains, both Catholic, and both now under consideration by the Catholic Church for canonization. Correct. Correct. So uh, in the last uh, several minutes we have going uh, very quickly, uh, 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 how uh, tell us uh, how the public, the, the person listening to this podcast, can support the Guild's efforts to uh, promote the cause of Father Capitano. So again, the first thing we need, Taylor, is prayer. Right. Pray that we will execute the responsibilities that Archbishop Berlio has given us professionally and completely. But also go to our website. That's capodanoguild.org and look at how you can donate. Um, we're, we're, we need your, your, your donations in order to continue the cause, the research that we have to do. And consider uh, which of the gifts that we can send you, the DVD or a bunch of DVDs because you want to help us spread the word. And, you know, it's easy to pass out a DVD. The kids all love them for Christmas, and it's a good Catholic uh, story about uh, our servant of God, Father Vincent Capodanno. And this documentary uh, called And Chosen appeared on EWTN uh, last year, I believe. And uh, it occasionally uh, is uh, broadcast. In fact, just recently, uh, the the uh, annual memorial mass for Father Capadano uh, held around the date of his death, uh, September fourth. Uh, and this past year was carried live uh, throughout North America by EWTN, and they uh, uh, ran the documentary a couple of times. Um, and again, uh, what are the, uh, the donations being asked for each of these, the lithographs, the uh, book, and the DVD? Yeah, so it's, uh, for, each, uh, for a donation of a minimum of $20, we'll send you a free uh, copy of the DVD. And if you, if you want to send us 40 uh, and ask for just one, we'll just send you one. But <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, take the rest of your donation and use it for a good cause. Um, on the other hand, if you want you know, um, uh, more than that, we've got a special right now for a donation of $80, which would normally get you only 40, four DVDs max, we'll send you five. So that's to help you out with your Christmas gift list. <laughs> okay. And um, the lithographs are $40 for the 9 by 12 um, minimum donation of $40, and for the larger one, $150 minimum donation. So, uh, summing it all up, uh, the uh, Guild has done an awful lot of work here the past six years uh, under your predecessor, uh, Captain George Phillips, whose place you took just recently when you were named by Archbishop Brolio to be the new head of the governing board of the Capadonna Guild. Uh, things are in the hands of the Congregation for the Causes of Saints now in the Vatican. Uh, what more can the Guild do other than wait? Well, we need to continue to push because if we get the determination of uh, the decree of heroic virtues by our Holy Father, we will start uh, working towards the next phases. But the first thing we'll do, want to do, is exhume his body and bring him back here to uh, 
the archdiocese. Um, there, so we have to come up with a plan of action and milestones. We have to capture how much that's going to cost us and how to, to move forward. But that's like that's one of the first things we will do as we start getting into this miracle phase. Where is he buried now? Right now he's up in New York. Um, he's uh, he's from Staten, Staten Island. Island. He's Staten from Staten Island. Island. Yeah. And he was a Miranda old missionary. Right. Vice Admiral P. Stephen Stanley, U.S. Navy, retired, newly appointed as chairman of the governing board of the Father Capadano Guild. Admiral Stanley, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for hearing it, Terrell.